Butler and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO, Trent Condon and Ken Miller on the air talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for uh, giving us some of your time here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will start. I'm going to take a look at the Chicago Bears with our friend Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog. He'll join us about 1130. Uh, 11.50 or thereabouts. We're going to talk Drake football. We do it every year. The head coach of the Drake Bulldogs, Todd Sepsis, will join us, preview his team, uh, get the uh, little 411 on the Drake Bulldogs, what kind of season uh, they anticipate having. Uh, and we'll do that coming up here in about 50 minutes. Our number two, hopefully Matt Rudy from Golf Digest will uh, join Trent and I to opine on Zach Johnson's captain's picks for the Ryder Cup. They are official. Uh, a couple of names on the outside looking in. Justin Thomas did make it, which is somewhat of a surprise the way his season uh, has gone. But we will uh, discuss it at any rate uh, to kick off our number two, if Matt Rudy will be with us. Uh, we're also going to do our NFL picks. It's a short week next week. It's a Cyhawk week next week. So we thought we'd go on record and um, make our picks publicly the division winners, the wild cards, and who's going to win. I should say who's going to play the Chargers for the Super Bowl coming up here at about uh, 10 or 1250. What are you looking at me like that for? It's unbelievable. <laughs> You're really not going to have that. Oh, I'm picked. picking them again, baby. Oh, man. 1215, we'll do that. And then Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News will join us. More NFL. And if you like to play fantasy sports, uh, Vinny uh, does the fantasy football locked in podcast locked on locked on podcast and uh, Vinny will talk about that and uh, also some NFL talkers as 1100 players will be um, called into the coach's office today and asked to turn in their playbook it's it's an unbelievable day today but uh, there'll be some uh, there'll be some extra there's other opportunities for them at least one would hope Matt Rudy cannot join us just text me back Trent Condon all right uh, so no problem for him let me text him back don't want to be rude um, all right let me I'll just do it during the break anyways so that's the show here today. We have depth charts. We should say that Iowa State went over the nine and a half oars on their depth <laughs> chart, which would have finished fifth in the Big 12. Have you seen all the oars? I did. Yeah, somebody tweeted that at us, including Baylor. 29. 29 oars <laughs> yeah. on their first depth chart yeah. of the season. Is that a lot of depth? Is that Ooh. a lot of question marks? I don't, I don't know what to make of it. That I is really a half- don't. Glass half full or half empty kind yeah. of look at things. And if you have a Baylor ticket like I do, Eesh. it didn't exactly give me the warm and fuzzies when I saw that one No, but, uh, but 29 at Baylor. By the way, if you're uh, so inclined, you'd like to see last year's depth chart, you can still go to cyclones.com. Uh, is it's up there for who knows how long. Maybe that's the one they'll leave it uh, up there. But uh, anyways, depth charts come out a lot of oars, a lot of young guys. And we kind of got that feeling talking to Nick, et cetera, uh, over, the, uh, over the weeks as we have. Uh, that, um, and then, I, again, over the weekend, we mentioned it yesterday, just how excited they are about some of these young players and some of these young players, sophomores, redshirt freshmen, a couple of freshmen, going to get an opportunity to play early. 
uh, for Matt Campbell and this Iowa State team. Conversely, at Iowa, uh, your thoughts on the Iowa depth chart? Uh, there's more to Iowa State. We'll get back to them. I mean, the offensive line is totally different. Than, or not totally, but certainly significantly different. Is uh, Clanton's coming in and moving some pieces around. He's going to play the five best guys. Uh, so we'll see. As far as Iowa uh, goes, um, they have whittled it down to the best four. Caleb Brown's part of it. Mm-hmm. Seth Anderson's part of it. Uh, what else struck you? Cade McNamara, there's no or beside his name. No, there is no or, which didn't come as a surprise after the stage practice photo from over the weekend. Oh, so you think that, that they... It was awful early to be going through preparations, I thought. Yeah, they're out there in their shells, and yeah. here's the still picture, and everybody right. get excited. You remember when we got still pictures... And if there'd be a guy, there'd be a rumor on a message board. There'd be something on social media. And they park it out there. And then all of a sudden, a picture would show up a day or two later, seemingly every single time. I heard this guy's banged up. I heard this guy is out for a while. Whatever it is, when those rumors started going. So you think Weitzel's behind this? Well, I mean, would it surprise you? We've seen this in the past. No, nothing surprises me when it comes to football coaches. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, I don't know. I mean, if McNamara's out there, what is he... Is he taking shots down the field? Is he a full go? I think that would be certainly something that, well, we'll find out more Mm -hmm. today. And will Cade McNamara be part of the Will he be made available? Right. Uh Uh-huh. That's a a good tell right there. Absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. If he is up there, I think you move Mm -hmm. a little more confident that he's going to be able to go on Mm -hmm. Saturday. Yeah. If he's not... Well, then the speculation begins. Speaking of speculation with the Iowa depth chart, there's still a couple of names that we've been speculating that uh, they are caught up in the gambling uh, investigation. I don't know how I was going to handle it. No, Shannon's not part of the depth chart. We know mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's done. Um, but there's still a couple of names that we have been told uh, that are part of this thing. But there they are listed on that depth chart. Will this be a 9 o'clock? availability, the availability report that comes out a couple hours prior to kickoff, and then we'll find out? So that's something that I definitely wonder about, this availability report. And I've done some more digging of trying to find out more information outside of the press release that we got, what, on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, Mm -hmm. when that came out. And is this going to be an NFL style where out, arm, out, Mm -hmm. head, Mm -hmm. out, concussion, whatever it may be, or is it just simple as that? Out in no other designations. And it's fine if it's that. Right. But at this point, we don't know. And if it says out for player X that's actually suspended, do you have to put suspension there? Or do you have to just say mm, out? Just out. As simple yeah. as that. I have not found any confirmation that I was able to I'll look through last night as I was digging through some stuff and nothing ever came out of what this is going to look like. In fact, I guess we'll probably find out what 5 o'clock on Thursday before the Minnesota-Nebraska game, Mm -hmm. what this participation report looks like. So, further to that, does Utah State have to comply since Iowa is? It's a great question. I would think no. Does Iowa State next week have to comply since Iowa's... No, it's a road game on top of it. Right. I mean, being a... Does Iowa have to, being in a road... I I think they still do. Mm -hmm. I believe that they still will. That they will next week. Yes. Um, So, uh, what what time's kick? 2.30, right? So, at 12.30... The availability report comes out. Iowa State does not, and and I don't think they have to at this point. Now you'd like to think everybody's running the same race, playing by the same rules, uh, but and I think eventually that will happen. Well, we know Matt Campbell is one of the. I mean, in terms of scale, 
He lets as little information out oh, as possible. Absolutely. We get one depth chart basically mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it. They have their own television network. Yeah, there's the spring game or is anything. And get ready for August 2024. That's probably the next time you're going to find a depth chart. Maybe one before the bowl game. And that'll be about it. So do you think that... I like your optimism, by the, the way. The Big Ten offices are going to make the call to Iowa State saying, this is something we're doing. We would like you to do the same thing. We think Matt Campbell's response is going to be to Hell no. Stuff it up here, you know what? Exactly. And that is his right absolutely Uh to do that. So to think that we're going to get a participation report from Iowa State a week from Saturday. But Utah State at Kinnick Stadium, will they play along? Well, we're we're cutting you a check. It's a bye game. Right. Does it matter? No. I I mean, it doesn't, right? No, no. When it comes to that, it's not going to. I wouldn't think there's anybody on that roster uh, that could move the needle anyway. It's not like I was a 27 point favorite and somebody comes out, they're going to, you know, move it significantly. You wouldn't mm-hmm. think, anyways. No. Uh, what uh, what else from the Iowa depth chart uh, did you use? Y.A. Black starting. Mm-hmm. Graves is uh, is going to be uh, behind him. Pittman also now in the depth chart as he moves up to that number four spot, if you will, mm-hmm. amongst the defensive tackles. I think it was the middle linebacker spot. We. I think we all anticipated when Nick Jackson made his yeah. commitment to Iowa that that's where he would play. He would be the heir apparent yeah. for Jack Campbell, and now yeah. it's Higgins that is going to have that spot. Mm-hmm. And over on the Will side, it'll be Nick Jackson. So uh, Jackson's a different kind of guy. I mean, he's two fifteen. He's more of a speed type of guy for a linebacker as opposed to just the behemoth that mm-hmm. was Jack Campbell. And whoever it's going to be, it's going to be different out there. But you know, we talk about Campbell. Seth Benson was a really good player. Oh, I love Seth Benson, Trent. A guy that, yeah. right spot, right time, just yep. him and Campbell work so well together. Mm-hmm. But Jackson and Benson are about the same size, aren't they? Yeah. Was Benson 6'1"? Yeah, right in that range, yeah. yeah. Probably, what, 230? Yeah. Something like that. And Jackson a little bit smaller out mm-hmm. there, but we'll see. Maybe he's got a little more speed to his game. There were times that Campbell and Benson earlier in their career were on the field at the same time. I thought Benson's ceiling was higher. That was wrong. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there were there were. I mean, he jumped off the television screen. Yes, uh, in some of his games, his hell of a career. Yes, he did. It really was. It was amazing what mm-hmm. he was able to put together and and do. So uh, those were a couple ones. How about Castro listed not only as a starting cash, but also the backup at strong safety, mm-hmm. safety behind Wampa. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised, thinking maybe we'd see another day. Maybe one of the young guys would hit. Obviously, that's not the case there. Look at the cornerback spot, the two young guys that we've seen a lot. And I think both TJ Hall and Deshaun Lee, we're going to see some ascension mm-hmm. out of those guys this season. Well, they have to play more. We'll st- still see on that front. But that's what we're kind of waiting for on Saturday. Those were the big ones. Jennings Dunker holds off. Dejon Parker at right mm-hmm. tackle. Rusty Feth was unable to win that job at left yeah. guard. And Rusty Feth kind of took a step back, at least according to Pro Football Focus last year. Oh, did he? In his grading. Yeah, he was really good as... Both the sophomore and junior last year was a little bit of a step back for him. We'll see. Rotational piece, and they're going to, as they seemingly do every single September, try to figure out exactly what the right combination is and if Parker can be healthy. I just I worry about Jennings Dunker's foot speed. You saw that show up against Brian Allen, a couple other guys at the Open Kids Day practice. He's a behemoth. He's a monster. He's the Mm -hmm. biggest guy out there. When you're going up against... Well, the edge rushers for Iowa State and Penn State and Wisconsin and on and on. Does he have the foot speed to be a good right tackle? I think he can be a great guard. I just don't know if he has the speed for a right tackle. And, well, it's something we'll find out pretty early here. Yes, indeed we will. Uh, LaShawn Williams and uh, Patterson, the, the running back, mm-hmm. the, the, the redshirt freshman, um, saw him a little bit last year, not a ton yep. last year. Bowl game a little bit. But what I, what I saw in the, in the bowl game – 
I kind of like them. I mean, I think they've got something there. You know, he was. I mean, obviously, it's Caleb Johnson's spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking about a backup but, but, you know, here. Might, might the three elevate to the two at some point? I could see that. I yeah. could, too. Absolutely, if he starts picking up the blocking mm-hmm. and the little things that you have to do. Because when Caleb Johnson and Jazion Patterson came in together, it was kind of that thunder and lightning, right? You got the bigger guy in Johnson when we found out he's a lot faster, I think, than people thought. Yeah. Going back to that game against Nevada last year. And then Patterson's got a little more juice to him. I mean, there's a little more power behind him. You saw that against Kentucky and a couple other times he got opportunities last Will year. Will we see power. Kentucky Iowa again this year? God, I hope not. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's incredible. Right? Yeah, back to back. Yeah, you can't have that. Two limited teams offensively. Yeah. No thanks. No, indeed. All right, so uh, the depth charts are out. That's the lace again. Iowa State at 11 oars. They finished in the middle of the pack as Baylor leads the way with 29, but there's a whole lot of youth on that uh, Iowa State depth chart. Uh, Not a surprise there. Jeff's been very patient. Let's get him in here. Jeff, thanks for waiting. Welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well, guys. I wanted to talk a little golf with you. Okay. Uh, So the Ryder Cup, uh, you know, the captain picks are out. you know, they got a task force, uh, you know, maybe let's say a decade ago, about this good old boy club. Now, let's, let's, let's review it. JT. JT, Trent Condon has a hotter putter than JT. <laughs> JT has done nothing this whole season. That's number one. Number two. So who do you put on? Uh, you take him off, who do you put well, on? Cam I, Young? I, 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 let, well, let me, I, let's, I'll keep going. Okay. Um, Kalmar Kara. Yep. Zero wins this season. He has six top tens. Mm-hmm. He's on the list. Yeah. How about Brooks Kepka? Brooks Kepka has played the majors. This is the PGA of America. He's won a major. He's got a second. I got that. Thank you. Let's move on. Keegan Bradley has won twice this season. Mm-hmm. Keegan Bradley has played in the Ryder Cup. Keegan Bradley, I don't know, about a month ago, your guy, I don't know if it was Cam, but was on Golf Digest Loving the Ryder Cup. He believes the Ryder Cup. How about Lucas Glover, the hottest golfer in the PGA in the last, I don't know, mm-hmm. six weeks, eight weeks, two wins, yep. playing the best golf in the PGA? He's left off. So, JT has made the team. Todd has made the team. Brooks Kepka has made the team. Let's check in. When's the last time the U.S. has won? On European soil? Guys, it's been decades. It's 20 been plus and they'll be an underdog again this year. They're favored right now. Uh, I don't think they will be. Ago, yeah. I checked three weeks ago. They were negative. They're negative one sixty three okay. weeks ago. I don't know what they are now. Well, you know what? That, that's good news for the people in Europe. <laughs> yes. Get that well, plus money. I, right. Gonna, so, so here's what I don't understand. I understand. I mean, Zach Johnson and, and his co-captains they know way more golf than we do. But what am I missing here? Well, I think it's JT's. It's JT's experience on an international stage. Mm-hmm. I think that probably dwarfs the season that he's had. Not saying that's right. If I had to try and get inside his head, Zach Johnson's head, that's probably what he's relying on. That the, that his play in the past has proven that this is something that he excels at. Therefore. Yeah, at, probably at the expense of Keegan Bradley or Lucas Gover. Those would be the two for me. Cam Young's had a terrific year, but um, well, if, if we if, if we dig a little deeper, DJ's five and zero on Borson Ball. Well, they don't have him as well. But if you look back, and I could be wrong, JT and Jordan they play a lot together in in the Ryder Cup. I don't think their record is above five hundred. So don't you want to be playing your best golf going into the Ryder Cup? You think that JT and Look what Jordan Spieth's done lately. Subpar at best. 
You think those two are just going to flip a switch and, mm-hmm. and and beat the Europe Europe's over over on their soil? I mean, guys, I got to be missing something here. I can't wait to watch, and I don't want it to be a good old boys club. I want the best golfers on the U.S. side to compete and and beat you know beat the Euros. It's I just hope Zach Johnson I, again. I hope he knows more than I. But I just feel like they're missing something. So, guys, have a good day. So, who will be on uh, Team Euro? Jeff, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, Hovland, mm-hmm. Rory, Rom. Uh, oh, the guy, the kid with the hair. Um, the kid with the hair. Oh, come All right, on. I got the team right Fleetwood. Here. Tommy uh, Fleetwood. Here is your players. Terrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, Rory, John Rom. Mm-hmm. Uh, da, 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 these are Fleetwood had to have made it. What, they don't have their full team here on the Ryder Cup. What am I missing? Maybe they haven't announced their captain's picks Maybe yet. Maybe not, yeah. Because, yeah, just four guys were listed there, which is a little bit surprising. Players in contention. Yeah, they're not up at this point in time. We got their captain. Uh, let's see. It is Luke Donald that is the captain for that one. But, yeah, just some articles right now. They must not be out at this point in time. Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick maybe. Uh, other guys on the cut, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Sepp Straka, who had a good season. Yeah. Uh, Robert McIntyre, who almost made me a boatload of money. <laughs> Justin Rose is still in contention for this. I've yeah, always been around a long just, time. He, yes, he has, and he's been very good in this. So, event. so when you take uh, Hovland and Rory uh-huh. and Rom, take those big three and put up against the American big three. Which big three would you rather it's, have? It's Europe, and I don't think it's particularly I don't even close. Think it is either. I mean, and, and this isn't. I mean, the the Americans aren't chopped livers that made the team. <laughs> one thing that I disagree with is. The Keegan Bradley one would be the one. I think that's the He's biggest. He's the guy. Yeah. And, and I know everybody loved the Lucas Glover story and winning back to back. Got hot meets. late, yeah. But then he did it with a ridiculous putter. He is not that good of a putter. Okay. And he putted ridiculously well for any measure. Mm-hmm. And certainly for where he is statistically throughout his career. And the guy's 43. He's my age. Mm-hmm. He's been around a long time. And his putter has never been over a two-week stretch like it was during those two weeks. And then when the putter started to slow down a little bit, he finished 22nd and 18th in the final two events. Remember, we're talking limited fields. 50 right, players right. in the second to last yeah. one, 30 players in the last one, and he finished 22nd and 18th That was really good golf on Sunday, but there was a lot of people that want this to change. I, I told you earlier in the week. You did. I just... You get to the final. I mean, can you imagine we go to the Super Bowl? All right. And Somebody's winning 14-3 <laughs> yep. to start. Here's the Chiefs. They're out to a 14-3 lead as we get things started because they went 15-2 and in the regular season. Right. You, just, you don't do that. No, I, I agree with you. Get to the NBA Finals. Well, it's already one nothing. Mm-hmm. We already got the Lakers a lead here because they had the... No, you don't do that. One thing that... I had this idea because I was thinking... I always like solutions. I mean, it's one thing for us to get on here and bitch about things, and we do that plenty. Mm-hmm. But I like to figure out a solution. What would be something... How about this? For the guys that are in first place, you get to pick your tee time. Before the weekend, Thursday and Friday, you get to pick your tee time. And you go that route. And each guy, and you go down the list and every one. So maybe it's a guy that likes to get up and be the first one out on Thursday. or And then, of course, it alternates on Thursday. That would be at least you look at something. the weather forecast yes, in advance. Yeah, those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be something. It gives you something to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we heard that going into a golf tournament? The guys that go off, whatever it is, early yeah, or late, yeah. have the advantage. Well, you get to choose that mm-hmm. advantage if you go that route. I think that would be something that is a solution. Is it getting a 10-shot league like Scotty Scheffler? Of course not. Right. But it's something I think that would take a step forward here. You mentioned that big trio, though. 
Fourth at year at B&T. Oh God. Good luck. And right now at Circus Rory Raman Hovland. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that the U.S. was minus, or plus, what were they, minus 160? That's crazy. Right now at Circa, Team USA is minus 146. The Euros are plus 126. I know which way I would go. And the plus money. Do you, don't you think that by the time, uh, maybe after Europe uh, completes announced, I'm surprised that they're uh, that big of a dog. I'm right there with you. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to uh-uh. me. Look at the structure, the construction of this team. I don't think there is any doubt who should be favored in this one. Being on European soil, mm-hmm. as Jeff just said, has been a house of horrors. And there's mm-hmm. there's not only been losses for Team USA. Oh, been embarrassing They've losses. gotten bludgeoned. Yeah. 2018, last time it was played across the pond. 17.5 to 10.5. Uh, before that, you go back a couple years before, they got beaten Scotland, 16.5 to 11.5. I mean, they're just getting absolutely throttled. In these matches. Well, it's only a Friday event for me because I'm not I'm giving up football. <laughs> not giving up football. No. Now, what if it's 5 o'clock and we're coming down to the... Now, it won't be, right? Because it's over no, there. No, it's a six-hour difference. Right. What? I wonder what the TV coverage is going to look like. Is this thing going to oh, be wrapping be up? Delayed. Is it going to be wrapping up, though, by around noon? Well, now, that, that, now that's possible. Get this thing started a little bit earlier. That's Get very much... out there. And if that's the case... And you watch, instead of watching a pregame show, you watch the final yeah. hour? I could definitely get into You know that. what? I'm not certain at the time. I know I know. in uh, the UK it's six hours. This is in Italy, though. I'm not sure. It's got to be close to that. Mm-hmm. Five, seven, somewhere in that area as far as time difference, I would think. Let's see. We got practice tea times. We don't need anything there. Practice tea times. Don't care about that. Team Europe, Team USA. September 4th, apparently, the Euros are announcing their captain's pick. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, not seeing anything, at least right now, that I can find on there. But if you do it that way, that that, that brings something. more people, to, uh, yes. eyeballs to television sets in the morning. Or if it comes around around halftime, hey, you flip yeah. over if it's down now, to see, a guy. But it, it, probably, it means more... To you and 99% of the audience mm-hmm. because of the red, white, and blue. Absolutely. Right? Doesn't do it for that you. That doesn't really move my needle. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm still clicking around here. I want to see Peacock, full schedule, the Portland Classic. No, I don't need the tea time for the Portland Classic. <laughs> the what? That's not what I'm looking for here. I'm not finding it. Regardless. I like I, I, the Ryder yeah. Cup. It just they is so They can't tape delay it, Trent. So no. you know what? There's, I got to think that there's a pretty good chance it is in the morning. Yeah. Now, who's got the TV coverage? That's the other thing. Because will DirecTV and Channel... Th- well, by then, I'll have Peacock. Oh, that's right. You're getting I, it. Well, it's, I told Cindy last night, uh, it's all dependent on Trent Condon when he can pay a visit. <laughs> oh, yeah? Help you get that thing hooked yeah. up? Yeah. So I have Roku. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I guess I don't have a smart TV. Okay, yeah. Older one? It's not that old, though, but it, I guess. Yeah. But it's the best picture in the house. And I wa- so I bought a Roku to watch Thursday night football. So the Roku also not only is a gateway to Amazon, it's got to be a gateway to Peacock and yes. YouTube and yep. all of them, all right? Of them. Yep, okay, every single good. one. You're in good shape. Good. I found the TV times finally. Too. What have you got? Friday, one a.m. to noon our time. All right. How about Saturday, two a.m. to noon. Okay. And then the final on Sunday on NBC. Yeah. Five a.m. to noon. Perfect. Awesome. That's great. This is great. This really is good. This might be as anticipated of a Ryder Cup. Not played on our soil. Well, ever, because if it's over here, yeah, it's, 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 it's interrupted football. football, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's over there, because of the timing, because of how much more I've gotten into golf personally, yeah. this might be the most excited I've been for a Ryder Cup in my life. Yeah. And we just, 
Well, we haven't seen it over there since before the pandemic. Right, right. That's another wild angle to it. God, there were so many of those, weren't there? Uh, nobody misses them. All right, uh, we will talk about the Bears are going to go around training. By the way, uh, for you Vikings fans, you've asked. We've delivered. Uh, Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, joins us tomorrow at 12.15. So P.A., uh, we'll be with Trent and I tomorrow at 12.15. If you're a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings joins us tomorrow at 12.15. We'll do the Packers tomorrow. We'll do the Vikings tomorrow because uh, week number one in the NFL is the same week as Cyhawk, and it's an abbreviated week, and Iowa State will dominate that week. It's 11.25. We'll talk to Jeff Hughes. We're going to talk Drake football here today. Uh, we'll do our NFL picks to kick off our number two. You're ready for this. I am, aren't you? I'm ready. I did a little homework last night, and I purposely didn't text you. Yeah, you, you. didn't give me a heads up until this morning, though. I'm uh, ready, though. Okay. Now, I, I was not ready for our group of five pick. When I was looking through the list that you oh, said last, last week, week with Bama. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was not prepared for that one. I'm prepared, though, who for did, the NFL. Who was your group of Ohio. Five? I just threw it. It was the first team that jumped to mind. Yeah. There was no research behind that one. We should probably cross that off. Or give me a mulligan. No. No. Anyway, you, anyway, you can points. do it. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Bears. Uh, what, what do you think? Where, where were you as far as uh, Justin Fields preseason? Kind of a mixed bag? Yeah, fine. Yeah? I mean, you still can run. Right. And... Maybe not the step forward I was still hoping I'm for. I'm kind of with you, Trent. Yeah. I want to see that accuracy increase. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the, I didn't see the jump that I hoped for. Yeah, I mean, it hit some dudes in stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see that a ton. The, the, the throw to the, DJ Moore. It was a swing pass. It was it wide was receiver screen. Phenomenal. But, DJ uh, Moore made it look good. Yeah, he did. Uh, Jeff Hughes, Drake football still to come. Hour number one. Miller and Condon underway in a Tuesday's Des Moines Sports Station. One hundred six point. Legs.com. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Where will they finish in the NFC North? We will talk to Jeff Hughes. We're going to take a look at the Packers tomorrow. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings tomorrow. But the Bears lead things off. Uh, and here's Jeff Hughes. Hello, Jeff. Trenton, Ken, how are you? I am doing well, boys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Justin Fields, year number three. What did you see in preseason uh, out of the now third-year starting quarterback uh, of the Bears? Did you see him take big steps forward, uh, kind of jury still out, or where are you on Fields as far as his preparation for this upcoming year? saw in preseason with a huge grain of salt. They showed nothing. They, they, run, they ran no elements of their offense in the actual preseason games. The one thing that came out of this summer with the Chicago Bears is just the impact a top receiver can have on an offense. And you've seen that in the preseason games. Just getting the ball into DJ Moore's hands and letting him make plays has opened up the offense for everybody else. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to have a solid season. But I think one of the big reasons why is DJ Moore. Big time. And depth that the Bears wide receiver group has not had in a long time. I mean, there's three legitimate professional wide receivers, something that (laughs) is a rarity in Chicago. Now, the question becomes Claypool. You know, a guy that 
When healthy, mm-hmm. he looks like it. He he looks like a stud out there, but production does not exactly match what he looks like physically. What are your expectations for Claypool and the concern that, boy, if this one doesn't go down, it's going to be a sunk cost pretty quickly? Listen, it, it was a risky move by Ryan Poles, but, he was, he, but Ryan Poles likes to make these moves on physical upside. That's why he went and got D.J. Walker. Didn't work out. Alex Leatherwood didn't work out. Chase Claypool may not work out, but if it does, think of how it alters the entire structure of this offense. Trent, you made a big point there. It's not just that they have a professional wide receiving core. If you think about a wide receiving core of DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney, that's a good, that's a good roster. Except now, you also have Cole Komet coming off a really solid season with Justin Fields, Robert Tanyan down around the goal line. A backfield now that can catch passes with some depth. They have not seen a Bears offense enter a season with this many options on that side of the ball in a very long time. And it, it all goes back to what I've said about polls from day one. When he took his team over, he wanted to rip the entire thing down. He's done that. Now we're starting to see what he wants to build. And what he wants to build is a team of young, fast athletes and sort of physical freaks. And that's what he that's what he targets. And I think Claypool is very much the key to this season on offense. If Claypool is a solid number two, a 65-70 catch, 1,000-yard type guy, this offense is going to take a huge jump hmm. uh, in 2023. Well, they would have taken a huge jump if Jonathan Taylor uh, was actually uh, a bear. Do you think that that was close? Was there anything to that? Do you know what the asking price was, or was that just uh, Taylor's agent floating that out there? Was there anything to the Bears showing interest in the Colts running back? I, I would I would be surprised if the Bears weren't interested in him, but there was no way the Bears were going to approach a first-round pick or a second-round pick. I, the running back drama now that happens in the NFL is sort of a problem that they, they brought on themselves. There's too many talented running backs, and teams have learned – why sink your cap cost in that position when you can get similar production from three or four cheaper options? Jonathan Taylor is going to end up doing most likely what Josh Jacobs did, what Saquon Barkley did. You're going to take a deal. You're going to play football. You're going to try to set yourself up for the next offseason and the next contract. It's, it's a sad state for that position. But listen, and not to get political here, but if they want to blame someone, if running backs want to blame someone for this, Look to your own union because you have allowed every single rule in the NFL, every rule change for the last decade has been to benefit the passing game. They have moved this game entirely on the shoulders of the quarterbacks. The receivers are getting paid every single year. You have allowed this game to be to be refereed now in a way where it's pass, 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 pass. And that is why the contracts are not there for running backs anymore. And Knowing the impact of fantasy football and gambling and how this league wants points, those contracts are never coming back. Get some help on the offensive line with Dan Feeney coming in. They need help. That offensive line with the injuries that they've had. It's a scary situation with Fields. You want to run him? Well, he might be running for his life out there. Your thoughts overall on this offensive line? We've just got to see them play together. I mean, that's been this one of the stories of camp. There's been a lot of, a lot of injuries. I'll be very interested to see now what the injury report actually looks like. Teams are not going to risk any kind of a nagging injury in a preseason game. I've been told Darnell Wright is fine. Braxton Jones is fine. Uh, I think uh, that Nate Davis is going to be just fine. 
Uh, the, the problem they're going to have is the Kevin Jenkins injury means playing someone they didn't want to play. And, and that's the issue. They're going to play an, an aging Cody Whitehair at center if he's healthy. Then you're going to have maybe a Lucas Patrick. Or maybe Feeney can come in and start a guard immediately. You're, you're, now you're starting to patchwork the offensive line together again, and that's not really where you wanted to be this year. I still say what's going to keep this team from being a contender is they need one more offseason on each of the lines, on the offensive and the defensive line, a productive 2024 offseason on both sides of the ball lines can elevate this team to a contender. Uh, Ngakwe's played seven years in the NFL. He's got 65 sacks. Yet he's on his opponent's Jacksonville, Minnesota, Raiders, Colts. So this is his fifth team. Why does no one want him to stick around? This guy's got to the quarterback 65 times in seven years. I, I, you know, the knock on him is, is his limitations in the run game and that he's not an every-down defensive end. Well, guess what? Chicago Bears don't need a run game edge player. They had they, they 20 sacks last year. 20. I, I, I'm making a point in next week's game preview about this, but if they increased their sack total by 15 this year, they would only move from 32nd in the league to 26th in the league. But if that's how far back they were from being an elite pass-rushing team, they needed all hands on deck. And again, when we talk about teams being contenders, you cannot find me a team that competed for a championship that could not rush the passer. It is, with quarterback, the most essential element of roster building now. I still think the Bears are away, a ways away uh, in that regard from being a contender, but Ngakwe will certainly help. If the Bears are going to be successful and put themselves in contention for a playoff bid, I mean, is it going to be a lot of 31-27s, 28-24? Mm-hmm. Is that how they're going to have to win this season? Trent, doesn't that sound like fun? It does like, like, we, we've never had that. <laughs> we have not. Like, I'm tired of having to win games 13-11, 10-7. Let's get into some shootouts. Let's put up 30 a week and see what the de- if the defense can hold on. Listen, the Bears didn't win games last year where they were scoring 30, but I enjoyed every one of those weeks watching them be a productive modern offense. I, listen, when you don't have a pass rush and you've got to be in the back of your secondary and maybe some holes there too and some younger players, you're going to allow points. But the Chiefs allow points, right? And the Chiefs keep winning Super Bowls. And the reason they keep winning Super Bowls is because they can score at will. And I think the Bears now should be looking at, let's get 27 every week and take chances. If they do, if this team starts putting up in the high 20s every week, they're going to make the playoffs. The NFC is putrid. And that 70 is not going to be hard to get at 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. So if they can put up 27 a week, they're going to make the playoffs, and that would be a hugely successful year. So what about the North overall? How, how do you see it? Uh, and then I'll ask you about Jordan Love as well. Did you? What were you? Uh, I guess what were your thoughts on Jordan Love's preseason? Uh, I, listen, I'm interested to see what Jordan Love is. It, they're tough shoes to fill, but he's in a position to succeed. They, they have good talent at wide receiver. They have a terrific offensive line. Is you're going to know very quickly because. There'll be no excuses for Jordan Love. There'll be no one's going to look and say he doesn't have the tools around him to succeed. But it's a tough spot, and I thought he looked a little nervous uh, with his accuracy in the preseason. The division is fascinating because for the first time going into this division in 30 years, all eyes are on Detroit. Yeah. And we, we now have the Detroit Lions in the Thursday night opener and what statement they can make to the league. 
by coming out. Now, they don't necessarily need to win that game. That's a tough spot. The banner's going up. You're in Kansas City. The crowd will be drinking all day long. That's a tough spot. But if they can just deliver a solid effort and show they belong on the same stage as the Chiefs, I think it makes a statement to the conference and says, we're here, and we think we could be in the Super Bowl this year, and who's to say they can't? I, I think the NFC is a little top-heavy with Philly. I have question marks around Purdy. I have Detroit right there as the third-best team in the conference right now, but I didn't love their draft. I didn't love their offseason, but I still think the talent is there, and if Goff, if Goff can build on what he put up last year, I think the Lions are interesting to watch. The Packers and the Bears renew a rivalry that hasn't been a great rivalry here over the last 20-plus years. Uh, Six straight, what, eight straight overall for the Packers, 23 of the last 27. The importance of Week 1 for this Bears team getting a win against Green Bay. Yeah, I guess because I'm not from Chicago and I don't live in Chicago, I don't get all worked up about this Bears-Packers stuff. Uh, they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback for 40 years. We, we've had nobody. So, of course, they're going to continue to win those games. But I'll say this. If the Bears have designs on having a season, and I always go by the old Giants owner, Wellington Mara's definition of a season, means are you playing meaningful football games at the end of December? If they have designs on that kind of a season, they've got to start winning their home division games. That's the key. And I think this is a game where... You win this game. I don't care if you win this game 14-13. I don't care if you win this game 3 nothing. You can inspire the entire team to get behind this project and get behind this team because that win will catalyze the next 6 to 10 weeks. People will be fired up to come to that building each week if they can beat the rival and they can at least make a statement to the league that they're not going to be a bottom feeder. If they lose that game at home to Jordan Love, it'll be tough to recover. Uh, over-under is what, Trent? Seven and a half? Is that mm-hmm. what it is? What do you think, Jeff? Over-under seven and a half wins? I have them over. I, I, I don't have my prediction locked in yet, but I think it's going to be eight or nine wins. I think they, they strike me as a team now that is developing positively on both sides of the ball. I think the offense could, could by midseason, be very good, especially when the offensive line gets healthy. Uh, eight and nine, nine and eight, one of those two. And, and listen, in this league, you're a couple of injuries away uh, from, from random teams. You never know. Could I see them winning 10 or 11? Yeah. Could I see them winning 5 or 6? I probably could. So, but I think they're going to be right in the middle of the pack at about 8 and 9 or 9 and 8. Uh, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog, thebearsblog.com. Jeff, what year is that for the Bears blog now? Coming up is what year? The Bears blog launched in 2005. Unbelievable. So, what, what, are, what are we on now? Is that 18, 19 mm-hmm. years? And. Uh, Robert Schmidt is now our editor-in-chief. He's writing content every day. It's better stuff than I could ever produce, but I'll be there every Friday writing about everything but football and then making prediction where I pick the Bears to win every single week. And <laughs> uh, But the, site is, uh, the site's never been, never been better. It really hasn't. Uh, Robert has done an amazing job, lots of video, lots of podcasts, analysis out the wazoo. It's, it's good to have a kid in charge of the site because – this 41-year-old man was starting to get a little tired with the haikus. It's time for someone else to take over, and Robert's doing a hell of a job. As long as we get the old man periodically uh, to join Miller and Condon here, we're in good shape. Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Whenever, appreciate- whenever you guys want me. This is my favorite thing to do now. So whenever you want me, I'll be here. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you down the road. Take care. Thanks. Jeff Hughes from DeBear's blog, 2005. It's a pretty good run for yes, website. Yes, it is. 
Uh, it's 11.45. We will switch from Bears football to Bulldogs football. Drake, Coach Todd Stepsis, joins us next. What kind of year for the Doggies as they get set to uh, launch their season? They head north, way north. Grand Forks, North Dakota. North. That's up there. That is up there. Uh, we'll talk to Todd Stepsis next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Healthy Life. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO, time to talk some Drake football. We do it seemingly the week of. Uh, this is year number three that Coach Tepsis has joined us. Coach Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thank you. Todd, how are you, Coach? Oh, man, it couldn't be better. Happy game week uh, to you guys and all of the, the fans of college football in Iowa. I, mean, I can't wait to get started this week. Indeed. you got a long road trip ahead of you, right? What's that, 10 hours to Grand Forks? <laughs> Nine and a half? Yeah, it's, it's up there. I, I know that you know, we stay in the Canada Inn. And so that just tells you how, where you're at. I mean, you know, the, the American flag is flying and then there's a Canadian flag right underneath it. So yeah. it's about nine and a half hours to get up there. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring plenty to do on the bus. Yeah, speaking, uh, speaking from experience, there'll be a bunch of Winnipeggers uh, in the Canadian uh, this week. So let's talk about the team. Obviously the guy that's getting all the headlines. And I want to talk about more than just Finn Claypool. Uh, but boy, oh boy, uh, certainly uh, he's, he's been noticed in the offseason season let's put it that way um how special is finn claypool he, he's one of a kind um you know it just it, it goes beyond what he does on the field uh, you know he just the way he attacks each day i mean he's so much more mature than i was at his age um you know gets enough sleep eats the right things takes care of his body um you know really the the model player that you that you love to be around but um yeah you know, just turn the tape on and you see his twitch and his athleticism, which, um, you know, he, he moves like a skilled player. You know, in, in fact, you know, when we, we time our guys and, and get some miles per hour uh, on them for their top speed, and he's right up there with, with some of our fastest players. And and so just, you know, being able to deal with that on the edge, teams are going to have to have a plan for him. Unfortunately uh, for him, they're going to know about him. So he'll, he'll be getting uh, a lot of slide protections heading his way and a lot of running backs uh, helping out tackles. But, um you know, he's he's got he's a smart kid. He's got a great football mind, and and he definitely has some counters to to maybe some some game plans that'll be uh, thrown at him here this year. A year ago, you guys also made a trip up to North Dakota that time to take on the Bison, and it was a rough start to the season. Before you figured things out at the end of the year, win your final three games, including two on the road against Stetson and Valpo. What was the turnaround? What when you look back at last season, what led to what you guys finished off with with three consecutive wins? You know, Trent, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's, I, I try to think of one thing like, okay, this was the moment. And, um, I just think it was just a matter of time, to be honest. You know, one of our captains, Gage Vanderlees, he's, he's a, a Linville Sully product, uh, from down the road. And, um, you know, he's, he's one of our fullbacks. And it felt like after every game, he said, Hey, you know, once we figure out how to get over the hump, um, we're going to win the rest of them. And sure enough, you know, we hit, we hit that, uh, that road game down in Stetson. And, you know, it was, uh, again, road trip in the PFL is, is never easy. And then, you know, it was late in the year. So I think that the feels like temperature was in the nineties that week. So here we were practicing in, in mid forties and playing in the nineties. And like our guys handled all the adversity, like, uh, you know, like they have, um, but then finally figured out how to, how to win that last one. And, 
And then how good that one felt, I, I just, you know, guys wanted to make sure that we felt like that again and again. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we did some things offensively that, that gave us some more productivity. So that was really our big issue a year ago is, you know, we had a great defense that, that kept us in games, but it was just a matter of getting the ball in the end zone. And we were able to do that at some, some key times those last three games, which uh, has gotten us on this three-game winning streak, Ron. Uh, Todd Steps is the uh, head coach of Drake Football joining us. Uh, looking at some of the preseason accolades that have come your way, fair to say that your offensive line is going to be a strength of this team? Again, you know, our, our O-line, you know, it's, it's been a young group here for the past couple years, and now all of a sudden we've got a bunch of fifth-year guys. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, uh, you know, in, in any at any level, if, if you're good up front, it gives you a chance. You know, and if, and if you're average to below average, it, it's going to be a struggle. You know, you're not. It doesn't matter how good your quarterbacks are, how good your receivers are, how good your running backs. Man, if you can't block them up front, um, it's going to be a long day, and, and your options are going to be limited. So, those guys have a lot of snaps under their belt. They're older, they're mature, they're in, they're in great shape right now as well. Um, you know, knock on wood. Uh, you know, it's about as clean of of uh, an injury um, report as we've had at this point of the time of the year and, you know, probably since pre-COVID. So um, the, those guys have, have seen it, done it. And so, you know, when they when we go up there this weekend or, or whether we're you know at home against Northwestern College or, or uh, up at Target Field against South Coast State, you know, we're going to see some things that we maybe haven't prepared for and having that experience more times than not, they've seen it before and we'll be able to adjust. The South Dakota State's a tar- game is a Target Field? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Gonna be, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know we got quite a few uh, former baseball guys on the team. You know, I, you know our team's loaded with uh, you know multi-sport guys, and so um, you know they're they're excited about the venue. You know, being a baseball thing, yeah. and then so we've got you know a lot, lot of alumni up in the Twin Twin Cities, similar to the Jackrabbits. I think they've got a pretty good following in, in that area as well. So should be a should be a fun fun game and a, and, a, and another tough tough uh, opponent, no doubt. Last three games, Luke Bailey was your guys' starter at quarterback, as Ken likes to say, the most important position in sports, not just football, in sports. Luke, is that your anticipated starter to get things started this year? Yep, he is. Uh, he's done a great job uh, you know, those last three games in particular, but then over spring ball, um, you know, he's uh, continued to grow as, a, as the leader of that of that group. And and the same thing here during training camp. Um, just love how he's just smart with the football. Uh, you know, th- Those last three games, I think, the most telling stat beyond us winning those games where he, he didn't take a sack. And, and again, you know, he's not playing in front of, of five starters at, at that point of the year. Either. He was playing with, uh, you know, three backups and a, and a true freshman at left tackle. So, um, he just, he has a knack for buying some time and he has a knack to, okay, I know, I know I'm in trouble here. Let's, let's get rid of this and mm-hmm. let's find another day. So, um, you know, sometimes, uh, that's what you need. You need to, to be able to, to stay ahead of the sticks or, or you know, not get behind the sticks. You know, that's one of the, the points of emphasis we've had offensively is like, you know, can we eliminate the negative plays, you know, those tackles for losses, which really put you behind the eight ball. Mm. What do you want to see from your team as far as taking a step forward this year, Coach? You, you mentioned it. A lot, of, a lot of that youth is now growing up, uh, ready to take, on, uh, take more onto their plate. What, uh, what do you anticipate for this year as far as taking a step forward for Drake football? What does that look like? I, I, yeah, you know it's gonna it's gonna look uh, similar on the defensive side of the ball. We've always played great defense here. You know, since since I got here in 2014, and you know the, the many years before that, you know Drake's always been stout on that side of the ball. So just continuing to play like I know we can on that on on the defensive side, but then 
you know, offensively, I want to see us, uh, you know, get back to the Midwest. You know, I mean, you know, to be able to run the ball, to be able to grind it out, to, to get to games in the fourth quarter and, and try to impose our will. You know, I think, um, you know, we've got a bunch of older guys that are more mature and, and physical, and, and we've got some size this year to where I think, um, you know, our team is going to be able to put the put some points on on the board and and, and be able to control clock and, and and to be able to to hit some explosive plays, and so. You know, if I if I look at uh, us, uh, you know, a week from now and, and and reflect on our North Dakota game, you know, if I if I see us playing great defense and, and able to, to to move the ball on the ground, you know, we're we're going to have a really great year. Uh, home opener next Saturday night, it's a six o'clock uh, six o'clock kickoff at uh, Drake Stadium. DrakeTicks dot com t i x DrakeTicks dot com for football. Coach Steps, us have a very successful season, Coach. Thanks for popping on, giving us a few minutes previewing the 2023 Drake Bulldog football team. Uh, thank you, Coach. Best of luck this year. All right, thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you, Todd Steps, us head coach of uh, Drake football on the road this week, but home next week. A 6 o'clock kick. So that game at Target Field, they get the Jackrabbits. Pretty good. Yeah, I'll say. Were they number one preseason this year? Are they, they're one or two. I think they're one. They're one. Yikes. Uh, hour number two. We have a little bit of sound from Cade McNamara, who met the media earlier today. In fact, it's ongoing as we speak. We'll do our picks as far as the NFL as well. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Trent's plays of the day. Miller and Condon, 106.3.